Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. We are in the second week of our sermon series titled Plot Twist, where we're looking at the book of Revelation. Today, we'll be talking about a vision for worship, the vision for worship that we see in the book of Revelation. As we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Some of you may remember the time that was problematically called the time of the worship wars in the life of the church. Uh, this wasn't really a war, it was just about um, contending preferences. Uh, some people would say, well, I prefer traditional music in worship. I want a hymnal with hymns, and this is the right way to do worship, or this is the best way to do worship, the more theologically appropriate way to do worship. And then there were others who said, no, 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 it's, it's more contemporary. Let's leave behind this traditional stuff because it just doesn't speak to people, doesn't resonate with people as much. So we're going to have more contemporary music. We're going to have a, uh, a band and we'll have screens and people won't have to look down and hold things in their hands, but they'll be able to look up and worship God in a, in a more fully embodied way in that way. This is, this is better. This is more theologically appropriate form of worship than the other. And then there were folks sitting in the background uh, eating their popcorn saying, look, we've been doing gospel music for a long time. You guys continue to fight. We all know that y'all like this best if given the option. And so there are all these kinds of, of contending ideas about worship. One Worship is not only music. Worship is what we do fully in the life of a worship service. And so this idea of, of worship wars as being only about music was really a truncation of the conversation that we need to be having about worship. And then this whole idea of contending preferences as if I can worship God in one setting and I can't worship God in another setting is also problematic. But as a person who lived through that and through some of the movements around that and was invested in those conversations, um, I felt my heart moved in various directions. But ultimately, um, I'm a person who enjoys multiple styles of worship experiences and of music. I love traditional music and hymns and traditional settings of those hymns. I love contemporary music. And I believe that there, just as there are hymns that have great theology and poor theology. There's traditional, there's contemporary music that has great theology and poor theology. Very uh, similar. I absolutely love gospel music and 
believe the same thing about gospel music as I believe about uh, traditional and uh, contemporary music. There's music that's got great theology and there's music that has uh, poor theology. But I can move in any of those styles and be absolutely contented in my worship of God. Part of what the made the difference for me is my understanding of worship. What gives me the ability to worship God in multiple styles, multiple locations, is my understanding of worship. Now, don't get me wrong. We lean toward different preferences. We do. But even if we lean toward different preferences, we should not have environments that keep us, inhibit us from worshiping God. So let's talk a bit more about what it means to worship. Let's talk a bit more about what the word worship means. Let's take a look at this word worship. So the origins are here. This is the Old English. Um, word shippa. This means, and word means worthy. And so when you take these together, it's the condition of being worthy. condition of being worthy from the old English. So worship is about ascribing worth, what you ascribe worth to. As we worship God, we are ascribing worship to God. And this is meant to, worship is meant to engage our emotions our mind, reason. It's meant to engage our will and our body. So when we think about coming to worship in uh, our worshipful settings, we're, we're offering all of these things to God. Uh, sometimes when I do uh, welcome to worship. I'll say that I hope that this service is one that engages your mind, touches your heart, and moves you to serve God and neighbor in this world. Head, heart, and hands. And that's really what this is about, that worship would affect your emotions, your mind, your will, your body. It'd be a fully embodied experience. And one could argue that if the worship service is not, or your worship is not uh, doing these, then um, you might need to attune your heart differently in worship. And this is the thing that has affected me uh, most as, in, in my life as I've shifted the way that I engage worship is, I used to think it was all about the externals, all about the things that I enjoyed and those things helped me to worship. And what I began to understand is that I needed to try to 
attune myself to show up to a worship experience expecting for there to be engagement in each of those areas. And when that shifted, when that uh, light switch uh, went on for me, then it enabled me to enter into worship, to ascribe worth to God with my emotions, my mind, reason, will, body differently than before. At the end of the day, everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. Whether they name themselves as a person of faith or not, everybody worships something. Some of you have read the Harry Potter books or uh, seen the Harry Potter movies. Uh, There is, I believe it's in uh, Sorcerer's Stone, there is a mirror called the Mirror of Erised. Some of you remember the Mirror of Erised. Erised is desire spelled backwards, the Mirror of Erised. It's a mirror of, of backwards desire. And so when you look in the mirror, you see what you most want. In that hidden in that secret place of your heart, whatever you most want is what you're going to see in that mirror. Uh, That's going to be the reflection you see. And boy, it's going to make your heart long for it all the more. And the danger of the mirror of Erised is you can sit there for hours and hours and hours. It can begin to consume your life. This desire for this thing that you really want. Well, again, everybody worships something. And the question is, what is your chief desire? What is your chief desire? What do you spend the most time thinking about? If you actually had a mirror of Erised, what would be reflected there? And that, dear siblings, is what would truly be called your Lord. Whatever you give that much focus to, whatever you ascribe that much worth to, again, think about the definition of worship, that thing becomes your Lord. And so either you're going to worship God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or you're going to worship something else. Now, so often these desires, like the desires for things that you might see in the mirror of Erised, these become idolatry. They become idols in our lives. And idolatry is the chief problem that we see in Scripture. Yes, sin is a problem, no no doubt. But it's idolatry that ends up affecting the human life in a way that distorts it. So if you don't get your worship right, I once heard uh, the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright say something to, to this effect. If you don't get your worship right, then you're going to get your humanness wrong. If your worship isn't rightly 
aligned. It is going to distort your humanity. It's going to distort your humanness. This is the problem of idolatry. It creates distortions in our spiritual lives. It creates distortions in the way that we live in the world. And so this life of worship is keeping God central. God becomes the focus of our adoration. God becomes the focus of our worth giving. That's the heart of worship. Well, worship is both an individual and a corporate activity. It's fine, it's good to be able to worship God as an individual, but even we see there in the book of Revelation, as we see over and over again in scripture from the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible through the New Testament is worship has this corporate component. Because we as individuals and as ones who have individual experiences and, and, and therefore we even have individual blinders, we don't always see the full picture, the full picture even of, of God, but God is revealing God's self to various people in our communities. And that's why engaging in corporate worship is important. This is why uh, hearing from multiple voices uh, in the worship service is important. It's about engaging in a community as we seek to worship God together. Let's take another look at the book of Revelation and the vision for worship we see there. Revelation 5 says, Then I looked and I heard the sound of many angels surrounding the throne, the living creatures and the elders. They numbered in the millions, thousands upon thousands. And they said in a loud voice, Worthy is the slaughtered lamb to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and might, and honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. I heard everything everywhere say, blessing, honor, glory, and power belong to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and always. And the four living creatures said, Amen. The elders fell down and worshiped. Everything. It just said that worship is about uh, community, uh, cor worshiping corporately. We can worship individually, but I think the movement is to worship corporately. Well, we see here this picture of everything. At a certain point, everything everywhere in the sky and in the earth and in the sea and under the earth everything everywhere will praise god we see all things ending in praise all our prayers ultimately end in praise not everyone may end in praise but eventually 
everything ends in praise. This is the way the book of Psalms ends. The very last Psalm, this book of, of prayers and this book of hymns ends in this way. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his fortress, the sky. Praise God in his mighty acts. Praise God as suits his incredible greatness. Praise God with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise God with lute and lyre. Praise God with drum and dance. Praise God with strings and pipe. Praise God with loud cymbals. Praise God with clashing cymbals. Let everything Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's also this sense in Revelation 5 here that there are people from all over the earth. Again, all of the earth is counted in this. All of humanity, not just segments of humanity, all of humanity. All other living things praise the Lord. This is the vision that we ought work for and we ought pray for. To see in our church represented people from as many places uh, as are represented in our area. Gathering together to worship the Lord. We ought to see our worship in conjunction, like we talked about last week, with all of God's creation. Look out the window right now, wherever you are, find a window, look out and note how the rest of creation is praising the Lord by simply being what it is. Everything is called to engage in this time of praise, ascribing worth to God. Behold the Lamb and give blessing and honor, glory and power to this one who's seated on the throne, to the Lamb forever and always. And so my challenge to you this week is to fully invest yourself in worship. Come allowing for your mind to be shaped, to receive the message through prayer and other parts of the liturgy, through song, through the reading of the word, through the proclamation of the word, through meditation throughout the service, whatever aspect, come allowing your mind to be transformed and your will to be transformed. Allow this to be a time that, that touches your heart, connects on that emotional level. And then as we offer challenges or as aspects of the surface challenge you seek to be embodied in it to to serve god in your neighbor in this world as as an act of worship and an act of service uh, to become fully embodied as we worship god together as we 
pray together, as we sing together, as we commune together. Put everything that you are into this worship experience because this worship experience is about focusing in on God. Ascribing worth, ascribing praise, honor and glory and praise to the Lord, to the one who saves us, to the one who redeems us, and the one who helps us to live as faithful followers of Christ in this world. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you, and we hope to see you soon.